Hello everyone, you are listening to the Mental Wellbeing Journey podcast. I am Nicoletta and I'll be your host throughout this journey today. We have a great topic today. We will be talking about mental health first aid with Wendy Harris, Managing Director at WAG Associates, a telemarketing training company from England. Hello, Wendy, and welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Nicoletta. Let's kick off by uh, telling us a little bit about you, Wendy. Who are you and what are you doing? I'm, uh, as you mentioned, I run WAG Associates, which is a telemarketing agency. I deliver telephone campaigns for B2B clients and I also do training. So online owner-managed businesses, I help them take their conversation from an online portal or platform like LinkedIn uh, and turn it into real conversations so that they can gain more customers and grow their business. And I've been doing that for over 30 years. Wonderful. And how does it work, uh, your business? Okay, so there's sort of three three areas really that I cover. I've got some very loyal customers that that know exactly who it is that they want to be speaking to, to get their products and services in front of their new clients. So I work with a, a design agency and a, a communications agency um, and a, a sanitization company just to to help promote their services by actually making the calls which I think is great because certainly with today's climate um, in the world it, it allows me to kind of have my boots on the ground and I know exactly what's going on out there and and that really translates when when I take the training that I do uh, with individuals because whilst a lot of that training now or well, most of that training now is is done online I can talk with reality and know what that climate is like out there and what they're faced with you know I'm, I'm not talking about my experience in the days pre-covid and 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 all of that uncertainty that is in the world at the moment so I'm able to, to sort of help them take that conversation one step further and I think it's it's less about sales and and more about being an educator and and just letting people know that that you're there for them and what it is that you do for them, so that you can you know be around at the right time for their product and service. So by being able to do that online with teams and then on, on a one to one basis, it's important I think that you still that you're still active in what it is that you're helping people to do. It must be quite rewarding to to really be able to do this from distance and uh, change lives and enhance lives with everything you do. It's great to put myself out of a job sometimes when a customer may only need a certain level of business or you know they they need one contract worth you know x amount of money and and when they achieve that and and that's going to keep them busy for a while it's really quite nice to put yourself out of a job and know that you've done the job that you set your set out to do and to to be able to over the years I mean a lot of my clients have become good friends 
and uh, a couple of them were even invited to my wedding six years ago so um it's it's nice to to feel part of a work family beautiful mm-hmm. and now let's see how you chose this this topic that we're going to talk about today the mental health first aid because i imagine that your work it's quite of a solitary work you run your own business and you're connecting with clients but you're not part of a of a team yourself and yet you've chosen to talk about mental health first aid mm-hmm. and i'd like to find out what made you choose this particular topic it's an interesting question because when you work for yourself your income and your clients tends to follow the line that a heartbeat makes on the page you can liken it to a roller coaster you know it's it's either 100 miles an hour and everything needs to be done yesterday or you know you're scratching your head wondering where the next job may come from mm-hmm. um, and and i think you know as i said i've been doing this for sort of 30 years that's the same whether you're an employee uh, whether you're an employer whether you're an owner managed business i think Anybody that loves the job that they do, they take on a personal responsibility for that. And certainly because I am a contractor, I can stay quite detached from some of the personal rationale that uh, business owners have when they're making decisions. And about 18 months ago, it was actually January 2019, I'd actually put myself out of commission with a company uh, a little earlier than I had anticipated because the results we were getting were great. So I faced starting the year with very little business to go at. And uh, yet I'd got lots of things in the pipeline. And I, I had the opportunity to go on the mental health first aid, of course. And my motivation really was that quite often if I'm dealing with an owner managed business it's it's very much a personal thing for them it's their money it's their investment there's not much separation between you know the business bank and their personal bank because it's their effort it's their expertise it's their reputation everything on the line is is on a personal level and and I felt very much that I needed to be able to help my clients better in in that transition of trusting me by doing the mental health first aider because of all the pressure that they're under and the investment that they're they're putting into me and in actual fact those two days opened my eyes to a lot lot more than my initial motivation and Mm -hmm. it, it went way back into my own personal life into my childhood, trigger events, people in my family that I hadn't recognised were struggling. It really just made me see things through fresh eyes, new Mm -hmm. eyes. And I think from that point on, I would say that the decision-making process that I have in my business and in my personal life has been a lot smarter it's been a lot sharper but it's also still been from an emotive point of view so that I can still enjoy the decisions that I make 
I can still, you know, share joy than than take on stress. And I think that I give out less stress. So it was important for me to, to pick mental health as, as, a, as a topic today because it's something that everybody carries around. That's so true. It's so true. So you found this uh, today's training very interesting, like an eye-opener on some, um, some of the probably life experiences you've been exposed to yourself and other family members, other people around you. And it probably offered you a little bit of insight into who you are in relation to these uh, uh, clients of yours. And probably it helped you understand a little bit more about what they're dealing with. Yes. So what is actually this mental health first aid training? Let's, let's talk a little bit about this. Um, it was a two-day course put on by uh, Mental Health for England. And, and and in actual fact, it was a lady, Amanda Jackson, that I'd met through a ladies business networking. And mm-hmm. uh, she was telling me about it. And it was something that had always fascinated me because I always think that there's, there's not many people that go around making lots of decisions just purely by common sense or logic. Emotions and feelings always factor and mm-hmm. I think that some sometimes, you know, people worry about their their personalities and this sort of thing. So um, so I just said, you know, I, I would really like to do that. And I helped to, you know, promote it on LinkedIn and things like that. And we had a full course. And in actual fact, I've, there's been a couple of great friendships that have come out of that training room of eight people. One of them that, that comes to me for advice for who to use you know, and trusts my opinion in terms of re- referrals. And another another lady that I've uh, been lucky enough to do some training for her company. But the, through the two-day period, really, you, you start to sort of strip back what it is all about. And you look at yourself first and foremost. And um, I always remember some of the exercises were, you know, on, on a big whiteboard, paper, pen draw things and you're in teams and answer questions about what happy feelings might look like what sad feelings might look like and and you start to really delve into the the different sort of moods that you may be faced with and it wasn't from business points it was just from a real people point of view and the homework on the first day was actually about disconnecting from the outside world So the homework was to put your phone or your laptop or whatever it is, your iPad, and put it in a different room for an hour and not touch it. And everybody's experience was, oh, that was that was really hard. I was tempted to go, you know, after 10 minutes, I I wanted to check if there were any notifications at all. And um, and yet now I can do that for hours on end and every weekend because what it taught me was that we're not always present in the moment and it's being present in the moment that really helps you to see what is going on in terms of relationships and and being able to read a situation whether it's somebody's in a good place or a bad place it comes down to body language it comes down to some of the words that they may be using being able to unpack that and of course, it escalates in, in day two that, 
you know, you should be able to deal with a, with an unstable person or somebody who may fear for their life. And it, it helps you to be able to approach that without it being a frightening situation. And I hope I never, ever get faced with that. But I do, do feel that just by having that two days of training and insight, it's something that you carry with you. You, you can't always put it into words, but it does help you to analyse what's going on. And has definitely, I feel, made me a more effective trainer. Mm. I'm so happy to hear that um, this mental health first aid training is actually offering a bit more than knowledge or information about mental health conditions or signs and symptoms. And it, it looked at enabling new participants to come in touch with yourself, which is so hard to do nowadays in our fast-moving world. Yeah, there was a lot of sharing between the group in terms of where we all perhaps felt ourselves or felt others in our in a circle or people at work identifying different situations and talking through what we could do to help that without you know without steamrolling in and going you've got a mental health problem and I'm going to fix it you know mm-hmm. we none of us wanted to be heroes we just all really wanted to be able to help and there were you know on the second day there were tears because there were real situations and experiences from our pasts from mine and others in the room and it was it was almost a cathartic exercise of mm-hmm. understanding what had gone on to be able to sort of give closure to something it's like waiting for for the apology that's never going to come when you have the rationale to understand what was going on there no apology is necessary but you can move on because mm-hmm. you understand so it was a very very powerful course and I, I've been working certainly up until lockdown with a trainer that works in construction. And I think, you know, people talk about mental health in, in office space. But certainly one of the things that my client Steve does is he's highlighting this in the workforce so the people that are out there building at airports and building our hospitals that you know are are just hands-on they they need support they need mental health awareness as well because there's things going on you know at home that we leave behind that that still creep up behind us they're like shadows that never leave Mm. it's it's I, I think it's important to to get into the cracks of for everybody no matter what it is that you do yes it's the reality of our lives isn't it and mm-hmm. this course sounds fascinating it it sounds very much like a group therapy session like a platform that encourages us to to really be ourselves beyond yeah. these social personas that we carry with us all the time and the way we want to be obviously perceived by others it probably facilitates that level of commonness and and vulnerability that we we all have within but we don't seem to um, encourage by the the judgmental world around us to to display and probably 
there's been some connections there in the room because when you get to talk about very intimate, very personal experiences, we operate from from our true selves, from our hearts, from our souls or whatever people want to, to call it, and less from the mind, which becomes quite egoic at times. And it's mostly focused on competition, on impressing the other. Yes, uh, that's, so that sort of fight or flight or survival or mm-hmm. phrases that I hear a lot and certainly that have been highlighted through lockdown is it's okay not to feel okay mm-hmm. you know because a lot of what is what is going on that affects us is not necessarily in our control and yes. when, when things are not in our control there's there's a there's a muscle in the brain that suddenly like kicks in and um and it's it's about trying to 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 calm that all, all down isn't it but we need we need to be authentic if if we're unsure about something share you you'd be surprised how many people that you talk to be feeling the same but mm-hmm. not sure how to say it and whether they should say it like you say because of that vulnerability yes yes because there's there's a lot of expectation placed on all of us and we live with this pressure of of doing well, of performing well, of being um, balanced and um, and knowing all the answers and being very competent all the time and knowing everything. And then when we feel a little bit uncertain and when we struggle with something, we internalize all sorts of emotions like shame and, and guilt and, and fear, uh, anxiety. What would the others think of me? How am I going to navigate through this experience? So we tend to look a lot outside and search for that um, validation, for that sense of approval. But the way you describe this mental health first aid, I imagined it to be a very factual information data sort of driven course where you're given some um, knowledge, you, you have some learning from it but not as much as uh, using role players and creating that openness to talk about real case scenarios and, and self-disclose a lot and bring yourself up there. Uh, yeah, and I think I think part of that is it comes down to the trainer. And that doesn't matter whether it's mental health or telemarketing training or mm-hmm. uh, whether you, you know, you're going on a social media course or it, anything that's going to, to, to help you to grow. And, and Amanda had had a mental health issue impact her career uh, where she couldn't she just couldn't leave the house. She was frightened of the outside world and she sought help. It turned, you know, the root cause of it was grief um, mm-hmm. and, and the loss of, of uh, a family member. And um, and it just built up within her because we, we're all very good at I'm, I'm OK, Jack, I can deal with this and carry on. And, and it was because she went on a mental health first aid course herself and through that experience that she then she's actually a sales trainer herself that she mm-hmm. just decided that she really felt quite passionate 
about helping other people be aware about mental health before it gets to a stage where she got to where she couldn't leave the house. So she's trying to build awareness for mental health. And I think that was really her sharing her story gave us an open platform and I suppose a safe environment to be able to share. And yes, there was there was quite a lot of slides that were factual, but Amanda really did focus much more on the what you do in a situation and how you will find yourself reacting to things and and some of some of the reactions that that are obvious that are wrong so it's about sort of changing habits in in dealing with people with mental health there was a few different videos that were played as well with little snippets so we were asked questions about what we thought about it and don't get me wrong, there was a great big thick manual that we were sent home with so we could read much more clinical information if we wanted to. Um, mm-hmm. But I think just the exercise of, of being and sharing was was a fantastic opportunity and, and, and very well worth those two days out of my business because I'm still feeling the impact of that course in how I deal with things today. So amazing what I'm hearing. I'm so impressed. I'm I'm so happy that you've chosen this uh, this topic so you can share a little bit more with others about this possibility, about this opportunity, I would say, which should be taken by everyone, really. It's- Even more so now, Nicoletta, you know, when you think that people have been, you know, forced to work from home, they may be sitting sitting in the wrong chair in the wrong environment trying to carry on their job disattached from teams that they would normally see day in day mm-hmm. out maybe affected directly or indirectly by somebody having symptoms of covid or not people losing their jobs people you know people being furloughed financial impact i mean Right now, we've not just had a physical threat, but a financial threat that is going to affect every single person on an emotional level. And in that return to work program, I would urge anybody, you know, that's in a HR position or in in a responsible role to bring their teams back to be mindful of the mental health of their team because they will have changed subtly by their experiences away from the office and may have been functioning and been productive and been, you know, fantastic members of of their staff. But by bringing them back together, there's going to be a new dynamic. And and this, this, this kind of course can really help cement those relationships and just show that you take your responsibility and you invest in your staff. Mm. It's so important for employers to gain that understanding of of the people um, they work with beyond their roles, their professional roles, because very often uh, we just uh, embrace that position, that title, that job description and sit there somehow disconnected from who we are in our in our own lives. And I can understand why um, you say that during these times, this uh, mental health first aid course is even more necessary, even more beneficial. I can understand that coronavirus pandemic has 
somehow changed our lives in ways that we haven't anticipated, we haven't been prepared for. And there there is indeed more pressure in our lives and more anxiety and the uncertainty as well is creating a lot of uh, inattention. It's a pity not many people are actually training in mental health first aid. I've actually discovered that this has been developed in 2000 by uh, by an Australian, Beatty Kitchener. And um, in two decades, so in 20 years, only three million have actually trained in mental health first aid across the globe. Wow. I'm thinking that this is quite a low figure, isn't it? It's 0.05% at the global level. It's a bit insignificant, I would say. So what is your view on this, Wendy? Why do you think we are so slow in in catching up with, with the mental health awareness? Do you know, I think it's a little bit like... Um If we took our mental health as seriously as we do currency, if we traded our mental health in currency, I think the focus would be far greater. And I think that, like you say, the the demands on people are greater. Anxiety is greater. There's certainly still things that have been going on that we haven't perhaps processed yet in how it's affected us but i i have seen a small amount of evidence through through some some employers that that literally just set up a meeting for the team to have a chat that water cooler chat down the corridor that go grab a coffee what have you been doing at the weekend chat within the team that's scheduled into their time because there is no time to to connect and I think that if mental health isn't treated like currency then I do feel that valuable members of staff that you perhaps can't replace with their specific training or experience will fall by the wayside to employers they won't feel valued And they'll go and find a company that does value them or they will there'll be an increase in people signing themselves with sick and going on the long term sick because they don't have the coping mechanisms. So if if employers have got a high ratio of sickness in their in their company, what's the root cause to that? Is this is what support can they give this this two day course is is under 300 pounds investment in a member of staff that could could be the difference between them being off for three or six months. It's a drop in the ocean mm-hmm. when, when you when you look at the benefit to your staff. Yes, it is. It is. And apparently at a global level. The cost of mental health sickness goes around one trillion each year. So this is not just a community issue; it's an economic concern as well. Yeah, I mean, it um, could solve the economic problem of where are they going to claw back all this that they've spent on COVID? Well, if we could just reduce sickness in in the workplace, is is that where we would get it back? being a more productive and enabled society? Interesting question. Fair enough. But now the question is, 
are we looking at the work sickness as being um, work environment cause or it's the employee that obviously handles all sorts of challenges in their own lives uh, on a private level, on a personal level, on a social level, all sorts of other concerns and issues. But anyway, I can appreciate that um, having this training, this mental health first aid training, it helps. It helps the employers, it helps the employees, and it's a win-win situation for for both ends, isn't it? Across the board, across Mm. the board, yes, most definitely. Mm -hmm. And reading a little bit about this, I found it um, interesting that This uh, mental health first aid, in the same way as the traditional first aid, it does not teach people to to treat or diagnose mental health conditions. It actually teaches them to to offer that initial support to someone. It helps them to understand a little bit better what's going on within themselves and potentially within other people around them and uh, be there for them before they seek professional help. So it's not a replacement in itself, but it's it's that kind of support people need sometimes. Yes. Just, uh, you know, a listening ear maybe or a, on a bit it, of compassion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, it's, it's, it's the bridge between the help that's needed and and if you can recognize it and and be encouraging that's for somebody to get the right help and to be supportive of that and and really it teaches you to not be judgmental you know because we we can all make lots of assumptions and judgments around the facade or the impression that's given but really you're not to not to pry you're not to be dictated either and I think I think that's what what's important is if you can if you can see somebody's having an episode that's that that means that they're frustrated or they're acting out and angry or that they're upset and they're crying because emotions you know range so if you can just say stay there is there somebody I can call for you there's always going to be somebody that comes to mind you know if I asked you Nicoletta if you were really upset and I said is there somebody I can call you would immediately feel better and know who to call there's Mm -hmm. all got somebody in our corner and that can really help um, diffuse the whole situation Uh, absolutely so Mm -hmm. yeah I, I I would I would definitely endorse the mental health first aid training, definitely. Yes, I am quite convinced now, while listening to you, that it's a good training. It's not just a, a standard workshop where you're, you're just hearing about what mental health is, about the conditions, signs and symptoms, and that's it. It's, it's going a little bit further beyond the, the knowledge that we should all have. It's so important to have that understanding of mental health. But it's also helping us to to realize, to acknowledge that we are all in the same boat. We are all human beings and, and we all share the same experience in life. And that's that's essential, I feel, in preventing the stigma, in, in preventing the discrimination against other people that might go through to their own experience yeah. um, at that particular time. Yeah, I think I found um, I was emailed by my daughter's high school a, a saying, a quote, and uh, and it said, 
we're all in the same storm in our own lifeboats. And I think that's so pertinent because we all have our own and now this bubbles. We're in our own bubble of social or, or within work environments. And it's true that, you know, if you're in a lifeboat, you've got an oar. If you see another lifeboat struggling, you'll offer them an oar. So it sort of takes you right back to one of the earliest parables that I was ever taught, which is to extend the olive branch. And that doesn't mean to say that there's been an argument and that you're at fault. It is just that offer of an open hand to help. And that's what we should all be on the lookout for, those people that need help that, you know, would would struggle otherwise before it before it becomes a life threatening issue. Yes, yes. It is kindness that is keeping the world moving and compassion as well. And um, understanding uh, what's going on in other people's lives around us is essential because our little awareness and probably our little act of compassion or support, it can save their lives eventually. So absolutely, I understand uh, where you're coming from. I have two trainers that I can recommend to you straight away, Nicoletta. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think for the purpose of this podcast, which will go global, I'm not sure if uh, nominating trainers from England would be that helpful. But we can obviously encourage everyone to book themselves onto these courses. Just Google mental health first aid and um, find one nearby and uh, remain curious and go to this training with an open mind because it does help. I believe this. And I'm, I'm, I'm really happy that You've actually chosen to talk about mental health first aid because I'm learning something and I'm I'm starting to understand that it does change people. It's not just a course and the way you're presenting it, it's a personal development experience. It goes beyond the standard training aim. And yes. that's that's really, really nice for people to to be able to to find this uh, wonderful resource and um, use it to to enhance their lives. Definitely. It definitely will. OK, now we're coming towards the end of the podcast. I wonder if there is a particular message that you would like to share with the listeners based on this particular topic that we've discussed today. I think that mental health carries a stigma. I don't know where that stigma was created, where it sprung from. But what I I do know is that if you don't have good mental health, you don't look after your mental health. It will affect you physically and it will affect you professionally. So a bit like having good nutrition and a bit like having all things in moderation, I would say that having good mental health should be part of your mix, much the same as the air we breathe. So if there's any place that you can start, start with mindfulness, but certainly check out the mental health first aid training near you. Very inspiring message. Thank you so much. Thank you for this. 
Now, we could talk about uh, mental health, uh, in particular the mental health first aid training for a long time. It's such an important topic these days, but it is time to stop now. I am your host, Nicoletta, and I had a fantastic time together with my guest, Wendy Harris, Managing Director at WAG Associates, a telemarketing trainer company from England. We hope we inspired you to look at your mental well-being from a different perspective and you will take action and start changing your life today. A big thanks to all of you listening and many thanks to you, Wendy, for joining me here today. Thank you, Nicoletta. I can't wait to hear some of the listeners' comments and feedback in the the new experiences that, that they're going to be open to now. Wonderful. That's it for now. Until next time, we are wishing you all good health and happiness.